Welcome. This is the Traveling Duo Dudes podcast. We are a podcast on international travel. Uh, my name is Chad Extreme Xane. And I'm uh, Jared Swampy, a.k.a. And uh, this is TWD Show. Welcome. Welcome to the Traveling Duo Dudes podcast. This is our first podcast, the number one podcast. My name is Chad and I'm here with uh, Jared, my traveling friend here. How you doing, Jared? Good to meet you, Chad. That's nice. Are you uh, <laughs> popping top your uh, Florida man beer? That's right. We're drinking Florida man beer here today. And this is a Double India Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing. And I believe it's 8.5% alcohol, which is a decent, decent beer, definitely. Actually, it's pretty good, I actually. Yeah, it is, definitely. So, so our podcast here is about international travel and... Uh, Jared and I, um, we have been to a lot of different places. I have, I have to say, actually, first to start off is uh, it wouldn't have been possible if we had met, you know. Was a- traveling in 2018. So I got this idea in my mind about Ecuador. I didn't know anything about Ecuador, but um, what I really like with traveling is um, adventure, outdoor adventure, day hikes, multi-hikes, things like that, and I started to get into my mind um, Ecuador and mountains and volcanoes. So we're going to talk about that here today. So um, a little bit about Ecuador when we traveled. So I'll tell you, we traveled in November of 2020 during the coronavirus. COVID period. COVID, yes. Uh, The week of Thanksgiving. Definitely. So... Um, the coronavirus travel is that you have to have a PRC test. That was, I thought, I believe it was 72 hours at first, but this one was actually a 10 days okay. within that 10 day period. Um, but yeah, I, uh, starting out, um, yeah, uh, planning that trip to Ecuador, um, we used uh, Copa Airlines. And that was a uh, fun experience at the start, at the beginning? Well, that was a fun experience. <laughs> Uh, a few days to process, but it, individually it was one hundred and fifty dollars a piece, and you got a we got a printout that was e- emailed to us. Um, yours actually came a little bit late. It came late, and uh, what was it? Twenty four hours before leaving, um, I needed to, I, I I forgot the I needed to get my uh, my actual uh, papers. Yeah, and it was kind of a, a scramble there for a minute, a little scare a scare moment for. A good, like, 10 minutes. That was a scare just for a few <laughs> minutes there because we weren't sure if we had your results or not. So, I have I had them on my phone, but I didn't know the actual document papers, you know, yeah. were needed, but, you know. So we, we get to the airport, and um, Cope Airlines, they just weren't there. <laughs> so, yeah, you walk around the corner, and literally there's, like, no one at the, at the desk to help you i'm like okay are we at the wrong place is this twilight zone <laughs> i'm like you know i'm just thinking and you know no oh, this is starting out pretty good you know so pants but now these are like a, the, the small mishaps most of our travels have been very good so these are just little hiccups so we're back here and uh we're talking about copa airlines um so Camp copa airlines just they basically crapped out on us yeah. so we booked with uh united and uh it was a few hours later 
and we're getting ready to get on the United flight and uh, everything, everything was still good. We, we were only what four, three or four hours behind, which is still okay. So it's like 5.30 p.m. Okay, we're still going to get there. Gotcha. We waited. We had a couple beers at the bar, you know, and that yeah. was no, no biggie. And then uh, they come online. The uh, intercom and says, uh, sorry, folks, we, uh, we've had engine trouble. And we won't be flying out for another until uh, the next morning. Yes. And uh, so the next morning, actually, prior to that, um, they scheduled us again. Yeah. <laughs> so we went from Kofa. which is fine, Bill. But we had a we got a, a free room for the night, and we had you know dinner, supper, whatever you know. Yeah, yeah, so. free room. Uh, you know, twenty twenty five dollars worth of, to eat, and then. And then they rebooked us again the next morning there. With... And then that was like kind of a rush because we, we you know, we we know seven o'clock was coming. We had everything ready, but then we forgot that we had to re, you know, then we had to get into the whole process of getting in the line again. So yeah. we, we kind of forgot about that. In the international line, that an American line airlines and, and then I show, we show our PCR <laughs> negative tests to the airline reservation you know person at uh, american airlines and uh, this old boy is studying these two pages yeah. <laughs> for about five minutes and i'm like hey you know those big n-e-g-a-t <laughs> not like you're a doctor we're you talking about the or uh the guy at the desk, right? You're the guy about... at the desk from American Airlines, and this is just getting on the plane. Because the other stuff. guy, remember the, when we were the first time ever? Things that happened then too, when you're thinking about traveling and just getting ready. So, so we book the flight. We get the flight. It's a um, a straight flight. At twelve or one, but yeah. this one was what twelve uh, two p.m. or something. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. So with this airline, we get there. Um, uh, we, and uh, I had a, a pickup set up for us. Um, if you're traveling to Ecuador and you're looking to do outdoor adventure sports, and I'm talking about hiking, um, mountaining, uh, volcano mountaining, um, ATV, whitewater rafting, different things around Ecuador, is this company called um, Imagine Ecuador. And I had researched it a couple of different times. I had researched a few different companies. But this was just the really amazing company. What I like to do with international um, companies and contacting them is that if they have a WhatsApp, mm -hmm. I'm getting on WhatsApp. And they had some good rates and they had good guides and stuff. So um, And you are good about that. I have to say, you are, Chad is actually very good at uh, finding the good spots, the good deals, the the best places to stay and he does his research and I have to say you know it's awesome time welcome back to the traveling duo dudes podcast T-double-D T-double-D extreme exceme that's right swampy bethune welcome so, back here welcome welcome definitely so yeah um we landed in um Ecuador what was your first thoughts about Ecuador when you landed in first time uh beautiful the mountain range um just, I don't know, just the beauty of, you know, we were in the city part, of course, but it just, you know, you know, just, it was clean. Yeah. The airport, the airport was pretty clean. Pretty modern, though, for airport, though. I mean, yeah. it was pretty well done. I mean. Definitely. Yeah. So our driver picked us up. Uh, we was linked up with the driver. David. Yeah, David. Really nice young guy. We linked him up with um, Imagine Ecuador, with the tour company we worked for, or uh, they worked for us. And, um... 
And then, uh, you know, we actually took our, uh, our drive to um, uh, south um, to, uh, to our lodge. Well, that's 40, it was 45 minutes there, but we stopped to get some essentials before we went, some water and stuff. And yeah. yeah. Always the essentials, the yeah. water, beer, a little bit of food, things like that. That club beer. Yeah, of course, yeah, that premium club yeah. beer that they have in Ecuador, yeah. And then, um, you know, we saw, um, we got to stop and do some sightseeing and take some pictures and things like that. So our last stop there was kind of in the heart of this, I guess you would call Valley of the Volcanoes here um, in Ecuador. Uh, and uh, we, uh, so we was pulled into... Uh, our, our lodge area called them um, uh, Chicaragua. I believe that's yeah, how it's that's called. A, yeah. It was uh, very uh, foggy when we got there. You couldn't see nothing in front of your face. Uh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't see uh, a lot in front of your face. It was quite interesting. And when you're up there, Chicaragua, I believe we're looking at around 10, 11,000 feet around there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So we had um, our lodge. There was actually like, 15 lodges there and they were getting them all ready for their um event next week they were having like their um festival yeah and uh so we had like the what was it elanesia mountain so we have three three mountain ranges right in the middle of our lodge which is awesome wake up in the morning and the view is right there you know yeah it's definitely is a beautiful view um loved it um and i have to say is that um this lodge area was pretty amazing and uh Oddly enough, is that we were the only two guests at the place. There was no locals. There was no international traveler. Anyone else? Tony and yeah, Tony uh, yep, and his wife, and they got two little girls. Yeah, yep. definitely. Um, a little girl and boy, I think. No, it was two girls. Was it two yep. girls? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that we didn't see them because they saw us, <laughs> and we're in the coronavirus area mm-hmm. here, and I think they told them to the kids to stay away from yeah. us, which is. Rightfully true, you know, we've been traveling and stuff like that. So so prior to us getting there around 2, we were supposed to be there 12 hours earlier. So we we still, were, we haven't adapted. Remember, we were getting some bad headaches. A little sluggish, yeah. yes. It was very much so <laughs> and it hit within a And it hit in a couple hours, because remember we were going up the mountain halfway yeah. there, and we started getting a headache. Yeah. And I said, let's pull out a couple of those beers so, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know uh what would you say was probably the most important um things to, to pack on our on our trip here for um, me it was probably the uh the gears for like as far as warmth that yes. was the main thing for me i want because you know you know me that was my first time seeing mm-hmm. or you know we're going to be seeing snow i've never seen it in my 39 years yeah so i wasn't expecting or didn't know what to expect you you know lived in iowa and uh experienced it so i wasn't so that for me it was it was my winter gear that was my main thing for me yeah you're right i have experienced a lot of the cold and stuff and i'll tell you that it is something something kind of crazy anyway so anyway yeah um so yeah, really, honestly, some of the most important things that you really need to have with you are thermals, thermal mm-hmm. underwear, thermal top and bottom, all long sleeve, um, layers. Yep, you want uh, layers for sure. Definitely. And, um, you know, if you can get away with uh, getting 
getting away from cotton and things like that. It just things. Yeah, you want kind of like a spandex or some some kind of like a nylon maybe or something. Yeah. You want like a three layer. You want like your basic, you know, shirt or something that's light, and then you want your intermediate jacket, and then you want your heavy coat. You know, then yeah, a, a face shield or a mask, gloves, and you definitely want um, socks. Definitely, so. definitely, of course. And when you're talking about like face shield and stuff, we're talking about like your eyes and stuff, so protecting that. So any type of like, because you get sun glare off the mountains, yeah. and you can go blind. So mm. you definitely don't yeah. want that. So of course. So you know, especially when you talk about just uh, the environment, uh, the weather, uh, that high up. I mean, when you're talking about uh, fifteen, seventeen thousand feet up, that is something. So um, we checked in the lodge. Um, I tell you what, this Chicaragua, this lodge here, is, is pretty darn amazing. It's relatively cheap. You get it for uh, a, a night, $50 to $70 a night, maybe even cheaper than that during different types of, you know, different promotions or things like that. But uh, um, two rooms, had three beds. We had a fireplace, bathroom. Jacuzzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, not in the room, yeah, but, but outside. But I mean, this is you know, yeah, very nice for considering you know, you people think you know, oh, Ecuador, I don't know, that's a place I don't think I would want to go to, but I mean, the people are nice, and well, actually, you know, we've only what we've seen like maybe what nine people there total in our trip, you know. So we're in the Valley of the Volcanoes, south here in Ecuador, south of Quito here. And let me tell you something, it's remote. Um, the people you're going to find are village people, people that live around the area. Um, uh, 30 minutes away is probably the, the next smaller town and stuff. And, uh, you know, so this is more so remote. This is kind of getting away mm -hmm. uh, from everything, you know, and... Uh, well, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. So that first night, we stayed overnight. Um, we went to bed early because, you know, I think we were just, I think it just took, it just took it out since we were there, what, yeah. five hours in and, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the next day we had a, the next day we, we were prepared for really for, for hiking. Mm-hmm. Geared so, up. So when we're talking a. Um, a uh, 40 liter, uh, backpack, 30, 40 liter backpack, a smaller mm -hmm. backpack, one that can hold, um, uh, you, 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 you want a, um, uh, a camelback, definitely yep. two to three liter camelback. Even though it's cold, you still want to drink. You still want to be, stay hydrated because that your body will definitely, you don't, you won't show it, but it'll, you can still get dehydrated even in the cold. So, yeah. and it's not good. So definitely thermals layers, and then you're just ready to go. And of course, too. Trekking poles. Yep. You really don't want to go. You want some good there. trekking poles for sure. So. Yeah. So we get up and uh, we have uh, breakfast, and then uh, our guides pick us up. It was like nine a.m. Yeah. And, we went uh, to the the little place to eat breakfast. Yeah. Stopped in. What was that? It was an older. It was like a, a mom and pop place. Real, real nice people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was a really nice time there too. And then we did some. You know we. Got in the car and then took off and then... Uh, what was our guy's name? Um, you know, I can't yeah. I can't really remember. It was uh, Roberto? Yep, or, yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and I can't remember yeah. the other dude with this because he was... 
he would take off before us and he would go running. Yeah. <laughs> this dude was, yeah. he, he said he was training. And I'm like, what are you training for? He's training from the mountains and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, it was just uh, really good. There's was really, uh, you, you know, just a, an amazing start. So originally when we were going to go do this, this hike, we went to El Inicia Mountain. This is a preserve reser reservation. Like, I forget how many. Was it 30,000 hectares or something? I can't remember. Uh, it was very large. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to have permits and everything mm -hmm. to get in. Yeah, because um, when you get to the gate, of course, it's a, it's kind of like a, a, a ranger station. Like It's a the game warden, I guess you want to call it. And they you have to get permits to get in here. And, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, identification and all that. So... My thought was we were just going to do a day hike and then come back to our our, uh, our lodge. Well, I didn't bring everything that I probably needed to bring. We were we were going to stay overnight, which I didn't know till when we got there. Well, tell me, I, let me yeah. ask you this. So th I love this too, is because um, when you you underplan, you just you just got to roll with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I mean. If you're taking a hike or you're out there in the jungle or something and you lose things or something happens uh, or you're in a remote area, you just got to deal with it mm -hmm. as much as you can. And to up to sprained ankles, to your foot hurting, to your back hurting, to this or that. And you know what? You just roll with the punches. So if you, you can do that, you, you can kind of overcome. You, you, if you're going to go to places like this, I would recommend bringing things that you normally wouldn't bring as far as like if you have medical stuff. Even small things, aspirin, little things, because when you're up in the mountain, there ain't nothing there that you can go to buy around the corner, you mm -hmm. know, because you're up yeah. way up, and yeah. you're pretty much that. That's all what you have. So I gotta tell you though, starting off when we got to the like the trailhead, it really wasn't even a trail. It was like we go this way, <laughs> and it it was you could see the elevation kind of going, and. I started out walking and I'm just like, this is, I mean, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful area. Mm -hmm. The weather was really, I mean. It was, it was, uh, it was starting to rain. I remember it, yeah. it was, it was very foggy and uh, misty. What would you say, 50s? So? Um, on the bottom? Yeah, yeah, probably started out in the 50s. Yeah, 50s on the bottom. And we just started trekking, poles and everything. And it was a nice, just a medium kind of like pace there too. Well, remember we had to get out. Remember we were like, it was like beat the clock because remember it was going to start raining and we had to put all of our gear on you know in the rain we had to yeah. get down and put our you know our boots on and our uh, jackets and everything that's right i do now uh, remember that we really had to gear up uh and uh and i actually got some um you know just uh, cold weather pants and stuff with suspenders that our guys gave mm -hmm. me because i didn't have that and i didn't think i needed it but I think it was just, I think it was a good moment. Well, the wind, to get. the wind part. You yeah. don't think about the wind, you know. Yeah. The elements, you know, it's rain, cold, and windy. I mean, those are your worst case scenarios, which we were in in that situation up top. Yeah, we were in Because it, it was nice. It was cloudy and misty, but it, once we started getting to the top, we, we started getting more. Remember, yeah. the winds were like. Yeah. 45, 50 miles an hour winds it had to be, it felt like on top of that mountain. Well, let me tell you something. It's 45 and 50 mile per hour winds. So about an hour, hour and a half, we got into this. Then we, you know, took a couple of different turns and uh, we're having these winds. And off to your right is, uh, you know, a couple of drop-offs, a couple hundred feet or so, mm -hmm. you know, 
100, 200 feet kind of around in different areas. And uh, you got to think too, there's no trees. There was, veg there was vegetation on the bottom, but once you start getting higher, it's literally just rocks and there's nothing. So you're, you are the, the battered, you know, object for that wind. So mm -hmm. trying to climb up, it, you know, for, you know, being a Florida boy, you know, both of us, you yes. know, we don't have, uh, we have sea legs. We don't have mountain feet. So uh, climbing that thing was, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just, it felt like it was, uh, you know, a three ton vehicle on top of my chest trying to breathe each step yeah and uh granted Half here time. we just flew in to keto we're bottom feeders in the lands here in <laughs> uh in florida which the highest point is probably like 30 meters. well i think it's 127 up in north florida yeah so <laughs> 127 feet and you know we're, we're, at that point we were at what 5600 meters oh no that was that was like 4,000, that was like 4,700 meters, yeah. Yeah. So we get, we're walking up there, and it's like, uh, this is um, an hour and a half and two hours into it, and we're still going. And I'm like, wow, this is a long ways to get up, because our, our goal is to get to this area of the refuge. Mm -hmm. you know? And then we get to this point where you first saw snow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were doing pretty good for about an hour and a half. We were doing pretty good. Yeah. I think once we started getting in, in our guide, Roberto, I think he, he knew that we had, because it was getting darker yeah. and we had to be there by 6 p.m. Because yeah. if you're trying to do this in the dark, it's probably not the best idea. No, not at so all. So he, he's, 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 he knows his time frame. So, you know, we take breaks, but mm -hmm. you also got to keep pushing. Yeah. So. Definitely. So we get up there, this area, we get to the refuge, and it's this little shack. And we walk in, and there's a number of bunks, and we're the only people there. It's uh, both of us, our guide, and then uh, we had the uh, uh, the uh, the chef there. Mm -hmm. Which uh, I remember seeing that sign, because, like, you know, that was my first time seeing the snow. So remember, yeah. I just, I was, I was in awe. And on the same note, I was like, get me to that refuge right now. <laughs> you know, because I, I remember seeing that thing. It was that building. It was like, I was like, you know. <laughs> and I remember go, I remember going in that, open that door. And I went to the kitchen area. And he had this big pot of boiling hot water for tea. And I said, give me three cups of those hot teas. Because <laughs> I was freezing my ass off, you know. I tell but, you what, we were freezing. So we got in there. We got some hot tea. And we're just like chilling out and trying to relax and trying to... I mean, just... my heart rate was just so going and yeah. I was just the adrenaline and on the same note of, man, I can't believe I did it. And on top of it, it was just everything, all the emotions that you can just get, you know, I just, yeah. but I knew I had about 50 cups of hot coffee in about a two hour period or not coffee, uh, hot tea. And this is something here too. So we get there and... I'd say probably about an hour and a half. I think it was well over an hour into it after we're relaxed and trying to just get our bearings and stuff is that uh, the, the sickness started yeah. coming. I don't think the sickness was really there for me until about midnight. I mean, once, well, so, you know, we were there, we had some good uh, chicken broth soup or whatever. Uh, yeah. It was very good uh, homemade. I mean, talking about, I mean, everything's fresh there. You know, you have to, so just... 
we, you know, we, 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 um, getting our bearings going and just, you know, chilling, you know, and then, um, there's no lights here, so it's run by generator. So the lights go off about what, nine thirty, ten o'clock, right? Yeah, it was nine thirty, ten o'clock. So definitely. then I'll, I'll, you know, your experience, what you felt that night, and then I'll tell mine. Well, I tell you what, I, I felt, um, I just felt, I felt weak at first, just with my energy and everything, you know. And then I think more so it was just um, fatigue, um, fatigue and loss of appetite, and sick to my stomach. Those are probably the big things, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I just, I, I felt like crap there too. So that mountain altitude sickness, uh, you can't mess around with that mm -hmm. whatsoever. What about you? So, first of all, they gave us, they did give us sleeping bags because we didn't need to bring our sleeping bag quarters and those things like that. So, of course, my zipper didn't want to zip up. So that was going to be already a problem for me, <laughs> you know? I was like, in in my head, I was like, I'm glad that we got there around the same I'm like, I'm going to freeze my ass off, <laughs> you know? Because once that light went off, it's cold as shit up there, sorry. No, but, you're good, but it I, is cold as shit. But I'm like, so on top of that, we finally did get it zipped up partially, like halfway. So, you know, Roberto and the other guy, his guy, um... I don't, I can't remember his name, but yeah. he uh, said, "Are you good to go to bed?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." I had all I had all my gear on still, like not all of it, but I had like all my winter stuff on, like my 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 sweater and all that stuff because I would, I didn't wasn't sure I didn't want to freeze, you know. Yeah. So the lights the the, the generator cuts up, you know, so the lights go off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's darkest. It's I mean, talk about the epitome of black. It's nothing but black up there, and all I hear there's these windows, these window panes that are next to my my bunk bed, and all I hear is the shudder of the wind from the wind because the wind's howling, you know, like a wolf, and yeah. all I hear is, you know, yeah. on the window, and I hear the, yeah, and then my body, I it, it was cold, and I would get hot, so I, I would take it off. And I was so hot, my, my I can remember my heart was beating out of my chest like a million miles an hour. Like I was at a point, it was almost if I think I was going to have a panic attack, kind of because I never get. You know me, I, I never get uh, panicky or mm -hmm. I'm very calm and chill about a lot of stuff. But that night, which is I think because of the altitude sickness, and we they talked about we can get embolisms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I had to calm myself down. That's the one thing you have to do because you got to think about we're up, we're up in the top of that mountain. At most, it would take four hours to get back down. So if I didn't calm myself down, it was going to be a very bad situation. Yeah. So I just I just sat there and I just laid there, and I finally got my heart to calm down a little bit. But let me put it this way: I don't. I think I got maybe two hours of sleep that whole night. I probably had to say that I <laughs> you know? got, uh, you know, maybe two and a half, because um, I was feeling like, uh, I was just feeling really, really crappy, and my hip was hurting, like I said, my stomach and everything else, so I was trying to get some sleep, and then when you finally get comfortable, and you get, you, you know, you're ready to go to sleep and everything like that, you're ready to just kind of, you're you're wanting to pass out, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to take a piss. Yep, and that's the thing, I had... I held it as long as I could I, because, you know, getting out of that, you know, it's like any place you go to, you, you, as soon as you get out of that, that night, whatever, what little heat I did have in my sleeping bag, it was going to be cold and I had to walk outside. Yeah. It wasn't inside. It was outside. 
and he had to do it in the dark. So he had his flashlight on my one hand, with, and then I'm trying to, you know, open the door and, you know, try to take a pee, you know, the other way. And then I think there were some wolves out there, too. There's wolves out there, I think. Yeah, there were wolves <laughs> out there, definitely. You go walk out uh, to the latrine there around the side, and the wolves will come up. And uh, it's because the uh, our chef there uh, who ran the refuge uh, in the area, he... Um, you know, brought out bones and things like that to the, the wolves and different things. Mm-hmm. They, they would come up and eat, and then they would run off. You know, they're more timid mm-hmm. than anything. But, uh, so let me tell you something. That first night, whoa. That was probably the, the hardest one because... I was just, you, it was living hell. Yeah, I would say it was... It was I think it, the fact, that's why you're supposed to get there a, a good day of rest because we you know yeah remember our flight was or delayed what yeah. at least 12 hours at least yeah. so we we already lost 12 hours of what we should have had to um to acclimate to the to the environment and we didn't have enough time to do that no we, we you know we didn't have enough time to do that and then you're there trying to acclimate and uh the altitude mountain sickness it doesn't hit you until you stop when you're going and you're going and you're going, you're I think you're good. Mm-hmm. Unless it just, you know, you're too, you know, you're too spent. But when we stopped and we started to sleep, that's when it hit us. Yeah. yeah. So next... I would recommend, you know, definitely if you can do two days, two days is better. One day is definitely one, but I definitely would recommend, you know, there's pills and, and I forget what the name of the... Yeah, so that was the pills that I, you know, researched and stuff. Is and really the brand names is Diamox, and that's mm-hmm. um, you know altitude sickness pills, and anyone can can get. You'd have to go through a doctor. But mm-hmm. you know, we didn't do that this time because honestly, I felt that the you know we we we, t- we, we got the stuff that you what was the um, the little packets the little um, acclimate pat pa- pa- packets you know you got yeah this was some bullshit packet of stuff <laughs> that I got like fruit punch it's called. Uh, and, it was pretty uh, much like uh, uh, Flintstones uh, vitamins uh, crushed up in a little packet, pretty much. <laughs> That's the way I described it. I you'd, have been, you'd have been better with I, I felt like I, I felt like I was like five years old again. I was like, man, I remember this stuff. You know, it was like drinking a Kool-Aid, you know? <laughs> you know? That's what it was. It yeah. looked like Kool-Aid. Yeah. And I thought that's... And, uh... So now it's a new day. It's a, uh, it's the start of uh, a new, brand new day. The sun was coming through the windows, and I felt like shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, my head was pounding, and I, it, it feels like you've had a, you know, a night out of uh, binge drinking for twelve hours, and the next morning you just feel like you don't want to get out of that bed. That's the way I felt, you know. Well, I tell you what. Um, along with that, I felt. And this is one of the first things that I experienced here, and uh, when I woke up. For one thing, I felt heavy as hell, hmm. like someone just dropped a, a a bunch of, you know, lead weights or something yeah. into me, you know, in inside me. So I'm waking up and I'm struck. I'm trying to get my bearings. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I I couldn't. I could barely see. It was like hmm. blurry. And I'm thinking, my, cog- my gosh, yeah, my cognitive skills were very off yeah. kilt. Yeah, very we're, off. We were walking around like we didn't know what was going on. Our guide is Roberto. He's looking at me and he's studying me in the eyes like I'm like like he's and, getting ready to call the choppers to come in to get us or something. And, and he says, 
hey, you want some breakfast? And are you, by the way, you got 20 minutes to start getting ready for our, our first hike I'm to the top. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, geez, this guy's already, he's like, so the guy, he, you know, we walk in there. Talk about every symptom that you had, you can get. So we, yeah. we had basic eggs, and I sat at that table. I had I had to drink more of the hot tea, yeah. and uh, I just remember I couldn't eat. I, I could barely eat the egg. It just, it, you get that sick feeling, like, we had every symptom. Yeah. What did we have? Other than throwing up, vomit, we had a fatigue, headache, um, dizziness, you know. Yeah. Uh, stomach ache, everything there, too, you know. just um, And, you know, one thing with that, too, is that that, um, that altitude sickness also creates that difficulty, you know, in just exercising. Mm-hmm. And we're on a mountain here, and we're actually out hiking. So... We, we talked to the guide and um, we said summoning to the top isn't it, it's just not going to be in the cards for us mm-hmm. you know um, so we we didn't end up summoning to the top but we did a pretty awesome trek just out in um, to this lake area yeah. which was it was like pretty much like below we can see like I guess the you know the area where we were staying but yeah, kind of but yeah. looking was, down. Mountains all around. Beautiful. Us. To, it was beautiful. The, the the imagination of explaining to what was it was night and day because that that you know when we were that night it was just windy rain and cold. The next morning it was blue as blue can see in the sky, and there was very few clouds in the mountain range with all the snow on top. Mm-hmm. It was one of those Hallmark cards that you just see, and we're looking at it at the real time, like. How many people can say that they can do that? You know, the look out and the 360-degree view and nothing but just yeah. awesome, beautiful scenery. Panoramic view. It's just amazing. Up there, you're walking around the mountain area. And um, just the snow and the uh, mountain caps and everything. The sun, the sun was, was, you know, gleaming. It was just that beautiful scenic, you know, morning. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, we've, I think it took us about an hour, you know, I think mm-hmm. to kind of get our bearings yeah. pack. We had to kind of, well, we didn't have to pack cause we were going to come back down, but you know, we got our bearings and then we started trekking up further up to the mountain, which was about another hour. Not, yeah. well, not to the very, but to the, the mountaintop, but yeah, yeah. And that's where we started seeing the snow part, mm-hmm. which was cool for me, you know, cause I just thought it was pretty neat Yeah, experience was... for me, you know. Definitely, yeah, it was a beautiful area for you, seeing uh, snow for the first time. But then, just being up in the mountain area like that, with uh, snow around, and uh, it, I mean, it was just beautiful. You know, it was kind of like you're just up there on top, like like you're on top of the world, mm-hmm. you know? It was windy up there when we got to the top, but it was, mm-hmm. it was much nicer. I mean, it was windy, but it was tolerable up there, Definitely. you know? Definitely, yeah. So, um, we came back to the refuge. Uh, we hung out for about another half hour, 45 minutes, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, just preparing mm-hmm. to, uh, get ready for the trek. And, the trek and this was downhill. Yep. Which um, is, I, I, so, opinion, would you say climbing up with very few breath, uh, baby steps walking up to the top, you know, the air sucking out of your lungs, or would you say the, the descent down with your legs going down the whole time for four hours, what would you say would be more classified as, which one would you not prefer to do? Well, I tell you what, man, (laughs) I've had different years and stuff of climbing up a hill 
or a mountain area with a pack on my back. Well, this has been your, you know, army days. Yeah. Six years, right? And, and even, yeah. yeah. And even now, I mean, I really liked the climb up because um, it just really pushed you. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I did like that coming back down, too, because I can get a just a better idea of the land mm-hmm. and everything else. A lot of times when you're you're starting to climb up is that you're focused on yourself and you're kind of focused on just one foot at a time mm-hmm. and this and that, and you miss some things because it's strenuous. Mm-hmm. I would have to say climbing up on a 1 to 10 scale, a strenuous area was probably about, um, honestly, 6.5 or a 7. Okay. And then coming down, my knees are good. Okay. My legs and my knees are good and things like that. And, and I'm still strenuous. It took a long time. But um, we did get to take our time. So, what were your thoughts about going back down? Going back down was a lot easier for me than going up, I think, yeah. for me. Same thing. I yeah. think it, honestly, for that, it was a lot, probably a, mm-hmm. a nine. Again, when you think about this, no one's around. Mm-hmm. Me, you, Swamp, Roberto, the guide, and that's pretty much it, you know. Mm-hmm. If he drops, well, we might be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to. I think, well, I mean, being on both all fair being from you know a flatland you know area you know it's a little bit more difficult you know to per se take if you're from you know more of a mountain range and you're used to it i would say it's probably a little bit more easier for you probably yeah you know because you're used to it you know that acclimation and all that but so it was so nice when we, we were you know we took our time to get back down and um we got back to the um, to the starting point. Like I said, it took another few hours, and um, then uh, our guides drove us back to to the lodge and uh, just getting back to the lodge and resting, just resting. Yeah, I think we got back. It was it just took everything. If at least for me, I knew as soon as I hit that that lodge, I just dropped everything and I just I think I took a nice shower. Yeah, that was like. That was awesome. Just even taking that ten minute hot shower or whatever. Just it was, then getting in that you know that bed just for a couple hours and taking it was I don't know it was. <laughs> yeah, that was something there too. And uh, the night uh, sleeping in our, our our lodge there, like I said, is the Chicaragua Lodge. It's just an amazing place to stay. Uh, it's so open and expansive, and um, the views are mm-hmm. freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. That mountaintop in the morning, yeah, you know that that next morning or that morning that we did get up, actually, you know, yeah, we didn't talk about it, but that the the, the cloud, the cloud, you know, the, you yeah. know, forest, what do you want to call it, you know, it just mm-hmm. it, it overshadows that mountaintop, and yes. when it clears up finally, like it did, that beautiful blue sky, like you always see with the sun beaming, you know, and you just see that the, the snow on top of that that mountain, and it was just it was beautiful. You know? Like the era that we were in, it was very horse country, you know, farmers, you know, ranch hands, things like that, you know. Definitely. Um, in starting out with the horseback riding, we're talking about cobblestone roads in the mountain area. We're talking about um, farming country. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mountains. They had to bring all their goods in. Like, mm-hmm. remember on the little Suzuki truck yeah. that came in it was it was it was packed to the gill like the the the, the axles are about to bust off the, the back of the tailgate and the, the bed you know yeah and all you see is this all these it was like a you know i don't know six thousand pounds of goods and the you know 
I thought Charlotte was going to break down, you know. <laughs> but yeah. that's how they get their stuff. It's like, what, probably once a month. Yeah. They get to look. Because there's no gas station. There's no, you know, there's no supermarket. There's nothing around you until you get, what, 30 minutes to the next town, right? So. Yeah, definitely. So we get on the horses, and we're doing, um, uh, you know, we have our guide with us, and we're we're just taking off on cobblestone streets, and, and, and we're, we're going up into the mountain area. It's just beautiful area what kind of sights did you see i mean for me it was you know the 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 little town or not even town it was more like just a couple homes but once you get further up past it the mountain um elanesia mountain you know seeing that just and it was you know for me it was a lot of it around it was farm farmland you know little little bit of trees here and there but it was more farmland but once you look past it and it's just that beautiful mountain and the snow on top, and then it was just a beautiful blue sky, and it was sunny, you know. It was peaceful, just and walking up the road and, you know, just taking your time and, you know. Yeah, and I got up, uh, we got up over this this, uh, hilltop area, and then off in the distance there was this other larger hilltop, and um, this hilltop, it it had this, uh, there was a small tree just on the top. It was Mm -hmm. a lone tree. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that that was kind of amazing. Normally, I'm used to seeing forestry areas with trees. It's inundated. It's just, uh, you know, packed with trees and Mm -hmm. trees and trees. But this was so open and expansive. It was just... um, I think think a lot of it is because, um, from what Roberto was saying, um, so the condors is is a big... uh, um, symbol for uh, Ecuador, you know, for their country, the condor bird. And um, they said it's a, it's a irony because, um, you know, expansion of farmland and people want to be farmers there and own land and all this. Well, they're tearing all these trees down to make farm fields, but on the same note, they're taking away um, the condor's habitat. So they've, they've, they've pushed them so far into like you know little areas that they have now mm. so that's why when we were there we seen a lot of farm farmland i think and mm-hmm. you know you know that does really make sense and um so we're going up around in different areas and uh i just really love this uh, it was so peaceful it was so much fun too on horseback mm-hmm. and um taking pictures and stuff and then you know there was a little bit of rain yeah, it started coming, but it was like misty. It wasn't. It didn't rain, but it was like a mist, cloudy it, at the end because you know they have like it's kind of like uh, the way I say it, it's uh, Florida summer pattern rain, where you get five minutes of where you get you know it's hot, and then it rains like a son of a gun for five minutes, and then it's sunny again. So like, I think it's the same concept. Every remember like every day it was like four p.m. and it started raining there, and then it would get foggy, yeah. and then the clouds would start rolling in. Yeah. So it was kind of like the same thing for me though yeah so that was a really good move that was impromptu with the horseback riding we i thought about it prior to going down but i just knew that that would probably be so much so important in uh just a, a nice trip mm-hmm. i know you get that other perspective and that point of view and to see the countryside rather than being in some you know vehicle mm-hmm. or trying to walk around that far you know and then we so we got back was like four hours, a three or four hour journey. Yeah, it was like a three or four hour journey on the, and it was good too because it, this was a, this was a point for us to rest after we were like sick, 
and we were lucky, knock on wood, mm-hmm. that uh, we didn't pass out and someone get choppered out. Yeah, I think we were good once we got to the, the next day and we slept. I think we were we were good at that point, I think. Yeah. But I remember uh, my horse, Chip, and then um, yeah. I remember getting off, and then we were, uh, we got our first big tall boys of the... Uh, the Ecuadorian beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is it was like you know liquid gold. You know? Uh, oh, that that you was know? a good feeling. So, they have a couple of those beers waiting for us back there when Tony <laughs> came out and got us some beers. Yeah, we said uh, dose of cervezas, coke, yeah. por favor, you know, you know, vaso frio, you know. But yeah, you gotta have those cold mugs, vaso frio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I love it. So we we get back and. Um, and, and we're just chilling out around the, you know, the, the lodge area. It's just a beautiful area. It's so peaceful. Uh, you don't have to deal with anyone or people. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're just there. Beautiful sunset. Yeah. You know, the mountaintops. And here we are. I mean, we were sick as dogs, mm-hmm. you know. So that day we had off with horseback riding, I was just amazing. But I'll tell you what. With Cotopaxi, um, it's a stratovolcano. It's in the Andes Mountains. And this is just 50 kilometers south of Quito. And we're out there, and we, we get into the park area. and uh, Yeah, the uh, National Park, Cotopaxi. Yeah, it's so, just beautiful. What, what were your thoughts when right when we got into the park area? Before we got there, yeah. we got out. The view, openness, the, the land is open, like... Very small trees. We got to the beginning part where they were doing the, I guess they had opened up. It was um, 60,000 hectares that they, that's National Park secured. 60,000 hectares. But when he was talking about they had cut it down to like, I think 40,000. Because remember they were doing the, the, the logging or the planting the trees in yes. the area. So they had cleared a lot of the area out. Yeah. But um, still, I mean, a good chunk is, you know, pristine forest. Once you got past that part, then it was just open openness you know there was there's rocks there's boulders on the ground you know and then all you see is that big mountain with you know Cotopaxi just sitting right in your face yeah it's an amazing too and once you get out on the ground you're like wow this is something it's just massive mm-hmm. and so we started driving up further you know to get to our um, first spot yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, driving up further there to get to you know our unloading zone there in mm-hmm. our spot and uh just getting our gear on and getting ready. It was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. You couldn't imagine anything better, I think. That was perfect. Yeah. So, so we start trekking up, and... Um, well, we get to the to the ranger station, and, you know, of course... Oh, yeah. I had it to, yeah. uh, you know, you know, me and being a fellow park ranger, so I had to uh, take a picture, you know, with the fellow park ranger there, you know. He was wearing yeah. his, his mask and everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I really liked that. That was interesting. It's just... Uh, <laughs> You know, seeing the the park and how they did it, mm-hmm. and and uh, it was actually know, built pretty good. Actually, the like the entry station, everything was very well established. Actually, uh, real nice, well established. You know, and they they take good care of it too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just yeah, it's a beautiful area. Yeah. yeah. So we drive past the ranger station. We get up to our point with our drop off, and we get out and start putting our gear on. Yeah. Our s- snow boots, and then our crampons, and all of our gear yeah with actually with uh, the the crampons and stuff we didn't we didn't have those on no it's a way up, up the yeah top. but uh that was something there because we we're putting on those moon boots mm-hmm, and stuff yeah. so 
our guides had us set up with these, what I just call moon boots. And they're these big lugging boots that, you know, you don't want to fall over on it because you'll break your ankle mm -hmm. if you're stuck somewhere oh, because yeah. they're not going, they're not moving. They're just heavy, <laughs> heavy boots. Um, and it was a nice little 45. So uh, yeah, there was two, so there's two different ways of getting up there. You can do the straightest shot to the, or um, what's the, our, our lodge? Yeah, straight shot up to the lodge area, which basically like a, is like the refuge yeah, area. Yeah, the refuge. Yeah. So we, or we can do like the zigzag, um, which we, which we did. So. Yeah, I liked the zigzag, just kind of taking our time, mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked it. I think I thought it was really yeah, it's, awesome. It's a slower pace, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. not a rush. <laughs> no, yeah, then we get up there. We're chilling out uh, in the area, and um, well, we meet this guy, and he's from Sarasota, Florida, mm -hmm. which is kind Daniel of crazy Milks. there. Yeah, he's uh, Exo Adventures. Yeah, um, this guy with the Exo Adventures, he goes everywhere. I don't know um, a lot about um, you know, their trips and things like that, but this guy's been everywhere, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so yeah, we're talking to him and everything up there, and we're chilling out and uh, just getting ready for. Our, so the kind of big climb. So the snow part, the peak of the snow, the base of it was right where the refuge was. So it was pretty much volcanic ash, black, black top, openness, nothing. Then the start of the you know, the, the snow. We start seeing the snow part. So which is yeah. mm -hmm. exciting for me. You know, yeah, first time for seeing it. You know. Now, were you thinking about the eruption, or could erupt? Mm, not really. I wasn't thinking about it. I mean, oh. they said the last time it hit. Exploded was 150 years ago, so mm. mid-1800s, I think. Well, actually, the last eruption they have on Wikipedia was in August of 2015. Oh, and I'm right. wondering if it was just a small one, mm. you know. Um, I think it was like the the main one, that, like the one back then. I think it was like the real catastrophic one, I think. Uh, yeah, versus something like yeah. that in 2015. Mm. It was just must, must have been smaller. So mm. we're starting to trek up. And trek up, and then we're we're hitting snow, yeah, and we're getting higher up there. Yeah. And let me tell you, is that um, you're you're trying to stay as warm as possible, but you're sweating, you're sweating. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> well, because it's hot on the bottom part, so does you get hold, so you're already sweating inside, so you don't want to take off your stuff because at this point it's it's getting colder, so you just kind of have to deal with it. Then it's it's not as bad as in Alicia Mountain. No, no, it's not as bad. Um, it wasn't as windy. It wasn't as, like, the the elements wasn't as bad. Yeah, well, so. I tell you what, what I love about this is kind of like this straight up, mm -hmm. is that you're you're not doing three or four hours of trekking. Is yeah. it, you kind of want to just get up there and be, and you're, you're in another world when you get up there because, you know, you start to feel and see just the wind and the weather start to change. What was good about that is that... It was like that volcanic ash, that red clay on top of that snow. Remember when we're mm. climbing up? And it was just that, that real thick, fertile yeah. red top. Yeah. And of course, you know, when I got up there, I had to do my first uh, snow angel in the snow. Uh, Remember? Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty exciting. That was you know? funny. You're yeah. getting up there doing a snow angel and everything. <laughs> and I'm just trekking and I'm trekking and I'm trekking. And there's a point where I'm just like, I'm done, you know. I mean, I'm in average shape, but let me tell you something. If you're not in above average shape, is that getting up to the top of Cotopaxi 
uh, you're going to have some problems because mm-hmm. we get up there. Um, we and had to then, stop. We had to stop at a certain point, and if we then that, that's why we were putting on our yeah. crampons and stuff, yeah, getting we, everything geared up. So of course, yeah, getting geared up, getting higher up in the elevation. Yeah, getting these crampons on because, of course, too, you don't want to slide down. Yep. You don't Sliding want to fall down. down. Yeah. And what do you say? You had to turn upside down and on on your belly and use the, the, the pickaxe. The, and the, use the know, pickaxe. And put, your fit, and put your feet down, you know, in yeah. case you don't slide. To lock in, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, this be, this better not be something like Sly Stallone and Cliffhanger, man. Yeah. I ain't doing this stuff. <laughs> I'm not rappelling so, off of a mountain or anything. This is climbing. Yeah. This is still kind of foot climbing, you So know? you put your stuff on, and then I was putting mine on. Well, you wanted to start trekking first a little bit ahead. So um, what's his name? Uh, our guide. Our guys, yeah, yeah. He was like, "Hey, Chad, can you slow down? Please don't go. You know, wait till I get." And you're just like hauling butt, you know, you know the whole time. Up please, here. please don't <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. But I'm like, I I want to get somewhere, yeah. so I'm I'm and I'm hiking up that thing, and then I get to a point where I tell you what, this is about it for me. I'm just yeah. like, man, uh, because it was spent, and this mm. is the first time we're doing this. We had no training or anything in this. We're just there. We're like altitude sickness. Uh, you know what? Hell, I don't think that that's going to hit us. And if it does, but we're, uh, that's one of those times where you find out you're human again. Yeah. And, and then his, uh, um, his other guy, like, he started walking up behind me. I thought it was an- just another regular person. And he's like trying to like get past me. I'm like, hey, come on, pat me. And then, then I figured it was, remember it was, what's his name? He was like doing the climb because he wanted to do some training time yeah his training yeah. where he's running so he just runs up the mountain and runs back down runs up and runs back down for training and i'm trying I'm to like, and i'm doing baby steps trying to get up to this thing like it's one foot at a time you know here he is he's doing like a marathon like three times i'm like you know it's pretty funny honestly how were you feeling at, when we got up to like the point where i was just like hey man i think i mean it, i mean it was definitely a challenge but it was it, it was exciting at the same time and just looking out, it went because it, it was nothing but white snow. It was what do you call it? Like just pure white snow. It was a little cloudy, but you look out. You look out down below, and it's you know it's a different view. It's like almost like you're looking in from a space, not space, but I mean it's definitely another realm of uh, looking yeah. down. You know, when you're on top of the mountain. I mean, definitely another view because we're talking about well over, you know, uh, seventeen thousand feet. I mm-hmm. mean, this is the second uh, highest volcano here uh strata volcano in in ecuador mm-hmm. yeah so we get to the point and then we kind of just like make you know look take it all in what was there about 20 minutes so i had this concept and notion that you know for months i told you i wanted to do i just had this the feeling i've always wanted to do like that you know when you see like the old time videos and pictures of the 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 uh explorers back in the 20s when they would do this with dog sleds and sleighs you know and they would do this with i mean when men were men pretty much you know mm-hmm. and um you see the old fast timey videos of the, the, the american flag and stuff so i had this notion that i wanted to do that for months and know? i had no clue about this <laughs> so you kept it from yeah, me yeah I was, I was trying to keep it like to hell key, with you you know so <laughs> so I, we get up there and i'm like chad i need you to you know just be ready you know so i take my, 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 my pack off and I get the American flag and I said, Chad, you ready to hold this? We're going to, we're going to do this. You know, so we do like a f- photo and it was awesome. I, it, it, it came out like, you know, 
I don't know, just. Oh, it came out like something out of a picture book, you yeah. know, out of a storybook. I mean, it should be in something like Wanderlust uh, Traveling Magazine or something like that. Yeah. In fact, I think I might, uh, I might just send it in, in to them and see what they kind of say, mm-hmm. you know. It, so it is awesome. Just that, just the whole feeling, like accomplishment, you know, like, you know. I tell you what, it was a good feeling, and um, uh, and that's an amazing part of Ecuador. There, I just really love that. Um, up there in the mountains and you're in a different world in a different place mm-hmm. um, and yeah and we're up there and I'm spent I'm exhausted I got the feel of it and then I'm thinking you know what it's it's about kind of time you know <laughs> Just... so we were up there I think at that point that point was then it was going to start I think the rain was going to start coming because I think they have it's kind of like Florida they have like their four o'clock you know rain showers that come in so they were telling us that we need to start, you know, kind of start, you know, descending at that point. So, when, you know, when you walked down, you couldn't see nothing in front of your face. It was like, what, two feet, five feet? You couldn't see. I couldn't even see you. You couldn't see to nothing. To a certain point, I was just like, you couldn't see the person. You couldn't see nothing. So, And it's a good thing you know kind of where you're going with the guide because you don't want to fall off a particular area that, and, and then crack your head or something like and that. And lose the, uh, our foot, you know, like our... Yeah. When you're walking down, you know, you lose the... Uh, lose your footing. Tra- yeah, and track. you're not... You know, you're not worried about falling off, really, in areas. But, mm. I mean, you're worried about getting hurt. Uh, significantly hurt. Because uh, you have to do it slow, very slowly. For me, Anyway, for me, I had went down a pretty slow-ish. So, you know, I didn't want to fall and stuff, too, but... I know that, definitely. So, we come. We uh, are descending now from Cotopaxi, which was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I'm spent... Yeah. I got a hoodie under everything, and underneath the hoodie is, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 cold weather gear. So I got, you know, uh, spandex, whatever they want to call it, you know. But my hoodie was free, freaking drenched. Yeah. You know? Well, we, just between the cold and everything, it just everything was just, you know, wet and, yeah. you know, sweat mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So we get down there, it took us a wet belt. 30 minutes, 40 minutes probably to get to the refuge. 30 or 40, but I knew we were coming down. Remember, I think yeah. it's part of Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. Because if oh, no. goes up. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, think I, sl- I think I slid down like th- three times just coming. I fell on my ass a few times. I mean, not bad, but I I was, you know, definitely, you know, it just, the ground's so soft. So you have, yeah. the, you have the snow, that's the new snow, white snow, and then you have the, you know, the, the dirt and everything. It's just, it, you just glide very easy so any little step is just yeah and why it's so important to have guides with this and this is pretty this is something to really recognize and be aware of is that you can't get up that without crampons on Mm -hmm. unless you are just like spider-man yeah spider-man don't need no crampons of course spider-man's got webs and stuff (laughs) and he jumps up and down and he's like he's a spider and a man but anyway, so, um, we get, so we get back to the so any so anyone wants to know the uh, the refuge that we you know it's the famous um, Jose Rires Rires is it Jose Vieres? Yeah, um, at the altitude there is forty eight hundred meters starting from that from the refuge up there. So it's and you're still up there. That's pretty mm-hmm. high, definitely. We get down to the refuge. The refuge is an amazing place there too. There are all these pictures. There are all these. Um, there are all these mer- uh, flags from all over just different over places. The world. All over. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, different flags from all different of uh, what 
Germany and yeah. France, yeah. Italy. So we get back, and um, we're getting ready for our Thanksgiving yeah. meal. <laughs> so right? we have a traditional, you know, what uh, turkey, ham, things like that. You know, things that you normally get in, in, in the, the states. You know, yeah. So, well, I'm from Iowa. Yeah. That's what we did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think in general, I think the thing this yeah. Thanksgiving is turkey and ham usually. That's right. You know? Yeah. Definitely. So uh, you know, we, of course, it's COVID period. So, you know, our table, it's got the, the, the viral walls with the little, it looks like, a, the partitions. Remi- it reminded me of like 1920s, like old windows with the wooden frame, with the, with the, <laughs> the window seals when it's four, four layered, you know, so we're eating with me and Chad and then um, our guides are eating with us. Yeah. And it, it was ex- a good experience, actually. Um, I just remember taking all that gear off and it was just, you know, nice. And then um, the people that were making our food, they, we had a uh, smoked Smoke trout actually with with uh, yeah. white rice and what was that feeling just taking all that gear off and stuff just uh, just like the accomplishment of that we did it and uh, we can enjoy our time there, mm-hmm. but the food was really good actually I mean to say that we had smoked trout for uh, Thanksgiving um, yeah it was just an amazing Thanksgiving up there and one of those Thanksgivings that you remember versus. Oh, yeah. You know, one of those that, you know, you, you don't because it's out of the ordinary. This is definitely one to remember. Definitely. You know? I remember what I think it was like maybe five years back where I did a Thanksgiving with some friends and stuff and we went down to the Keys. Mm-hmm. So you remember that stuff, you know, those Thanksgivings yeah. uh, versus just the, you know, same old, you know, pie and and, and food and everything else, the same old people. Yeah, you know? of course the uh, the hot tea was always a was it always you know some something hot you know. Oh yeah, definitely. So we eat, we relax, joke around, and uh, head back, head back down. So you yeah we were descended another maybe maybe an hour, maybe an hour because because at this point it was. Um, cold and wet the, the rain started coming and then the snow started coming down so the the mountain that was once you know black ash was now turning mm-hmm. into white a white christmas almost what was so amazing about this is from the start of cotopaxi to when we were trekking up how many people would you say you encountered and this is during covid so this is um uh, i'm sorry now you're talking is... about when we're actually there or are you talking about in general i'm talking about when we're actually there at cotopaxi going up and uh... coming down well, because we took the, the the other trek up, I we were the only ones on that one. But I think the straightaway stride, we I maybe maybe fifteen people at most. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe so, yeah. Because you have you know people coming up. There was a few. Then we met the the, the you met the couple or from uh, were they from Indiana? I think. I think so. There was a couple from Indiana, and I think that there was another gal from France that yeah. was going up, and she... And they were by themselves. They didn't have a guy. Yeah, yeah. So. and she looked like she was, uh, you know, a sucking wind. Mm-hmm. And sucking wind is not a good kind of, yeah. like, feeling. Like a... Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you never want to be in that area. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was feeling like. That's why I was doing baby steps, because just, you know, it, it does take the... No pun intended, takes the wind out of you. But, Damn right it takes I mean, the wind out of you, so. yeah. So we get down to the bottom, and we're packing all of our At that gear point, it was like, it, it was nothing but white snow. Like, the, the snow was coming down. Yeah. You couldn't see nothing like, on the ground. It was just nothing but a white mist of, mm-hmm. you know, white snow. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
And I tell you what, it was just, a, it was an experience that, uh, you know, we did all in just that one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had the chance to, to go up to the top of Cotopaxi and then do an overnight and stuff. But honestly, is that um, with the sickness that we got and everything else, we played it safe and we still had an excellent time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, since we started heading back, it was, you couldn't see nothing. It was cold and, you know... Our driver, you know, was taking us back, and you know he knew the area. But if we did were, were to drive, we wouldn't probably even know where to go. No, oh, no, you know, so. no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, so we get back to our lodge there, um, uh, Chicaragua Lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I think we took a couple, like an hour. Just I think we just showered up, mm-hmm. you know, t- took it all in and, and relax. We relaxed for a couple hours and. Um, yeah, definitely. And then we, um, nighttime comes, and then Tony, marvelous Tony and his wife. Well, Tony, you know, he made you that, that I think you had the steak dinner or something. Yeah, yeah, you made me a really an awesome steak dinner. Um, and these guys are amazing there. They just, uh, they take care of everything. And uh, like I said, I love the lodge. <coughs> yeah, Tony was awesome. I mean, yeah. so we, they had the uh, jacuzzi. He got it all set up and turned it on, and man, I talked about that. Talking about pure bliss, it was <laughs> well, it was like you know bliss on tap. Well, here's the amazing thing about this place in Chicaragua Lodge. This is this is the one of the reasons why I just love this lodge so amazingly is that <clears throat> so they they have a uh, spa area with a whirlpool, um, uh, sauna, and. Um, it's all for us. No one mm-hmm. else was there. There was literally no one there the whole time for, what, five days? That one, you know, because this is coming from, you know, we're just getting, this is from, you know, COVID. So everyone's, you know, you know, we had had this plan a year or at least, what, six months in advance prior. So, mm-hmm. you know, we already had this kind of set up. But, Definitely. But, yeah, so, you know, we had the jacuzzi and, you know, then we had the hot the sauna. And it was like, you know, they were using like... No, they were using like the the old school like heat, you know. So, well, let me tell you something. This isn't your normal whirlpool, you know, that you're in. Jacuzzi. I mean, this thing was like a small pool, mm-hmm. fit for kings. Yeah. When you looked at it, it looked like you should have just Tony Montana laying <laughs> in it and smoking a cigar. Yeah, because it had and like drinking the... alcohol and stuff and just chilling. Yeah. Because this was a Tony Montana jacuzzi. And I tell you what, it stone. was hot. Yeah, the white stone. Oh, you know, around it and everything. Oh, yeah, the it's windows. Just amazing, just amazing. Uh, went from there to to the sauna, back and forth, mm-hmm. just vegging and relaxing. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, body felt amazing. Yeah. Body felt amazing, definitely. Welcome back here. Last day in Ecuador. Cotopaxi National Park area, stayed at Chicaragua Lodge. This is the best lodge in that area, honestly, hands down. I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. That was awesome. For one thing is that we're the only dang people staying there, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, the caretakers, uh, Tony and his wife, were excellent, amazing. I just loved it, you know. So, um... We we get ready, turning all of our gear and stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're waiting for our last day of adventure. Yeah, we said bye to uh, 
Tony and all them, and you know, or our guides to the mountains. Yeah. Then we start heading out to uh, what was it called? So yeah, um, we're spending out the uh, the last day of uh, Kulatoa um, Crater, and this is a famous area that people go. Um, 600 plus years ago, I believe it was a, an amazing volcano like Cotopaxi. Mm. And um, this place, it, it, it basically just blew the roof off when they had their <laughs> volcanic eruption. <laughs> so it's the crater um, area. So we get in the car and um, we're on our way there. This is a kind of a, a two hour trip, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, uh, on our way. And, um, and we're going just passing through the Andes Mountains here. And it's a lot of winding, curving around uh, streets and roads. And what do you know? Yeah, you, you feel the uh, stray dogs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it felt like a, 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 you're in a rally, a rally race because all you know is around those curves the whole time. And nothing but stray dogs. So here we have, it's, <laughs> and this is an amazing thing, is that dogs in Ecuador will just sit out beside the road. It's like a, like a homeless person, but it's a dog. Yeah, it's a homeless person, but it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and man's best friend is is out there on the side of the road just waiting. And what are they waiting for? Bread, anything with the food relation. Yeah. You know? so, people, so people drive by and they throw whatever they have and the dogs will get it. You know, sometimes there's a pack of like eight or ten, you know, and they're yeah. all just waiting. But sometimes it's just what that lonely dog that's got that commercial with the, you know, it's like wet and yeah. it's just sitting there and so, you know... Gives you the eyes, like, feed me, you know. If you're an animal lover with a bleeding heart in this area, you have to close your eyes because you see some of it. But the people, they try to do what they can Mm -hmm. in taking care of the dogs. And what do they, and basically this is what, you know, our guide said, is that, uh, you know, some of these dogs are stray, but then others are just homeless. They were kicked out of their home because maybe the family didn't have enough food to feed them. Yeah, a lot of people just can't afford they can't afford to, you know, take care of, you know, animals or dogs because, like, you know, it, it, a lot of people, you know, the locals, you know, sometimes it's just hard for them, so they can't feed another, you know, mouth, you know, so a lot of times they just go stray, and then mm-hmm. people that can will, you know, feed them every so often. Yeah. So what we were hoping to see in the Andes area is uh, our condors, but we weren't able to see condors because. Uh, for whatever reason, I believe it has to do with uh, hunting, poaching, um, and man. Well, a lot of it's um, progress too. Definitely, so, man. Yeah, so pretty much, so they're they, uh, people there. Uh, farmland is their source of income. So a lot of these people, you know, they buy this land and then they, you know, tear down the trees, you know, so they can have farm farm field. So ironically, you know. Their national bird symbol is the condor, mm-hmm. and the, but on the same notion, people have to survive. The and, condor is amazing, too. Do mm-hmm. you know the wingspan of the condor? Is it like, I want to say 20 feet? Well, a little bit less. Okay, but, all right. But, but, but wow, <laughs> if, if I saw a condor now, with 20-foot well, span... Well, I meant both sides. But, oh, oh but, yeah. yeah. But the wingspan, I think, you're looking at 11 and a half okay, feet. Okay, yeah. And that's... I mean, one of the biggest. It's like a, it's like an eagle, I guess. Their wings yeah. are pretty, you know. So yeah. condor and the eagle, yeah, definitely. So um, we actually stop off and we visited a local family, mm-hmm. a village. The indigenous um, people that kind of that that you know they've been there for, what, forever, 
yeah. 70 years. A little hut. We're hanging out around them. It's really, like a, it's, it's like a, uh, a brick mortar, like uh, igloo. Yes. But it has like, you know, the the cheeky, like little, you know, palm yeah. fronds on top. Definitely. You know? Um, I myself had a mask on. We had masks on. I don't believe they had masks on. No, it's just that's, they, you know, they don't. It's just them out mm-hmm. there. I didn't want to get them sick or anything like that. So we did our thing and kind of did social distancing and things mm-hmm. like that. But it was amazing to see. We walk into this hut, and what is the first thing you see? Guinea, guinea pigs, <laughs> galore. Well, you had the little. They had the little cages out in the front, like you know, like you know, like their little farm cages. Guinea pigs galore, know? and we're talking about fifty of them. They're but, all. But over. that's a, that's at the, at the outside part, which yeah. is, which I thought, okay, well maybe they're just farming these. Or they, you know, guinea pigs, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so then we then we go into their hut, and it's what literally like it has to be like ten feet by ten feet. I mean, yes. there's not a lot of space, and no. and there there must have been a hundred guinea pigs running around these little holes everywhere. It looked like a maze of guinea pigs, and all you hear is, you know, something like that. I'm like, and I'm just walking through like rats, you know. Like, you know, white rats yeah. all over running around. <laughs> you got definitely. small ones, baby ones, large ones. And the guy said that's like their staple, you know, so like they can get $10, what USD $10 per adult guinea pig. So, I mean, that's like their bread and butter, you know. So. Well, yeah, you're talking about $10 for a guinea pig and stuff. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're raising them, mm-hmm. you know, to sell. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting because I never knew anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the people were really nice to us. Yeah, it was an older couple. They've been married, I think, 50 years. And yeah. they were 75 and she was 70. And mm-hmm. they just, they had the, 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 the Ecuadorian, uh, indigenous people, like the old days, like mm-hmm. that, that's what they, that reminded me of just like they worked their, their whole life. Yes. You know, they were just good people, honest people, working, you know, daily. And, you know, he was real nice, you know, spoke Spanish, you know. Yes. Didn't have any, you know, English, you know. And uh, just good people. I mean, this is just heartwarming people. Definitely. And that's what you really enjoy and seeing, too. So um, we left this uh, small village area. Actually, it was only a couple of different huts. And um, we head out down the road, and uh, our next stop is an amazing area here to the Toachi River Canyon. And this is an amazing stopping point before you reach Kulatoa Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this had something to do here, too, with the Kulatoa, uh, you know, the volcano that when it erupted. Apparently, it made this canyon area. And they say it's growing, I think they said 10 feet a year. It's getting deeper yes. and wider. So it's, it, it expand, it's, it's been expanding very slowly, I guess, over time. It's just beautiful. It's a stop-off. You can just drive on in there, park your car. You don't have to pay anything. Mm-hmm. It's like a little swipe sightseeing place. Yeah, a little sightseeing place. You walk out to a certain point, and there's like a... What is it? I would say what it's probably ten feet out mm-hmm. in the middle of this crater. Yeah, and it's like one one foot in. So mm-hmm. It's like you're doing a a, a a a what do you call it the on the line tightrope. That's so right. That's pretty much what it looked like. 
so I go out there, take a, you know, a picture, and then you go out there, and then you're like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't take I know, heights but... <laughs> that well, but I'll tell you what, it was an amazing sight yeah. out there. It was a, and it was a beautiful day. Uh, not too hot, not too cold. It wasn't mm-hmm. raining or anything, and um, yeah, it was just a really good time. And then we're heading out down the road we again went, too. We went to the the, um, the art uh, place. Yeah, a... we we stopped off at a little shop. Was doing art and uh, crafts and different things like that. Mostly paintings and stuff. The locals um, do a lot of paintings, and it's like with um, natural resources kind of. They use like the some was paintings, but some of them can be like rocks, like just things that they made into the into the picture and stuff which is pretty cool you know yeah that was pretty. but their their main picture focus was the condor and all of them i i remember seeing a lot of the pictures and everything because that's their symbol you know i just remember seeing all of the birds and things like that and it's sad there too and they have that but then really mm-hmm. the condor it's just not there because it's been driven out mm-hmm. somehow you know but uh but we but we leave that so we leave there mm-hmm. and remember on the other side we see the uh the little girl, she's like, what, maybe 12? And uh, she's got the little vendor, the little uh, smoker thing. And we, so we go over there. And what was it? Be, lo, hold it wasn't hot dogs. No, it wasn't hot dogs. It was uh, smoked uh, guinea pig. It was smoked guinea. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty tasty. I don't tasty. think they call it you know, smoked no. guinea and stuff. But our guide, you know, our guide was very hesitant about eating anything like that, and I don't know if he does or not. But yeah, there was the smoked guinea pig just going around, and uh, and that's how they make a living mm-hmm. too, you know, raise and and uh, slaughter and uh, have guinea pig for food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that that was quite interesting, as I hadn't known that before. So uh, down the road then, too, and we head out, and uh, then we hit the, the area of the Kulatoa um, um, crater area, mm-hmm. volcano area. Um, and what was your first thought when you saw this crater area? This is an expansive crater area. So let me tell you about Kulatoa here. Um, just too amazing here. It's a three kilometer, two mile wide caldera formed by the collapse of this uh, uh, volcano following the crack, catastrophic eruption 600 years ago. It was just amazing. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So my first thought when I first seen it, so we were in the in the town part, you know, we got, we got ready, whatever, parked and all that. So we started walking. And it, it's kind of like a very nice little, uh, I don't know, like balcony decks and stuff and you get to it start walking up to the crater and the first thought i thought of was the tall volcano in the philippines it looked just like tall volcano and uh it just the magnitude and the look at you know the the vast size of the volcano with you know pretty much you know acidic water you know nothing lives in it except for algae mm. but just beautiful i mean but just to see you know it's a it used to be a you know a mountain at one time and mm-hmm. now it's a big crater lake but pretty mm-hmm. much what it is definitely definitely yeah it reminded me of uh that but then also too it reminded me of uh, um nicaraguan the crater there mm-hmm. in the lake as well uh and that's another story there so that's it was just amazing when we got there um and uh so, so amazing. So we started walking up to the top. Yeah. And we had to get to the, I guess, like the the tall 
the toll man or you know the troll taking our money was it 25 cent and, I think uh, yeah they're doing tolls yeah, up it's there like a, it's like a well it's like a you know it's how they make their money yeah and of course, uh, of course you know you had to take a picture of the alpaca yeah that's so funny <laughs> there too is I got down there and this young boy had this alpaca that was uh just laying down chilling out and uh it's a little alpaca with a uh you know a saddle on for mm-hmm. little kids and stuff like that because of course the the alpaca is the smaller of the llama mm-hmm. so we get down there and i had this young boy take this picture of me uh next to the alpaca just uh just right there and i thought I, that was pretty funny and uh, kind of neat there too you have culatope in the mm-hmm. background and amazing you know and then we start our hike yeah, down. so we start going down and uh daniel was our guide so we had a guide yeah so he was with us mm-hmm. and he uh he was america or he spoke good english and he told us some good stories that he had um was it the german guys uh-huh. or the russians it was the russians the remember, russians remember they were talking about you know they wanted to go these places but that's a different story but yeah yeah so yeah we get down to that area the crater area and, and it's just beautiful because it's a winding you're winding down and getting all the way down to the crater area in the lake and you have the chance to go um to go kayaking, kayaking out there stuff. if you want mm-hmm. to um but honestly we just lounged around and enjoyed the so view. we had like 30 minutes or an hour we just kind of so we kind of walked up a little bit further on the little bluff or whatever you want to call it and yeah. just hung out and just just looked out i mean it it's just a big lake you know and just look at you know just it was windy and well, not windy but it was just beautiful it just you know it was calming definitely you know? yeah just, this is a place where you want to do panoramic views camera stuff mm-hmm. a lot of pictures it's just amazing and there was kind of some odd places like there was some random like wooden bench up on top of the you know the peak up there where they had it and it is it was very odd it looked like you're at a bus stop just if, waiting for like a you know something mm-hmm. it's kind of weird they had just this, this some different niche you know yeah uh, definitely a good time and then um we we head up we started to head on back up um like i said this is our last day here and then uh we get up to the uh that to was the top. That, that was maybe not a couple hours i would think was it a couple hours maybe an hour and a half a, at least yeah an hour and a half but this is more like a full day eight to kind of mm-hmm. ten hours and stuff and uh it's right around noon, just after one, and things like that. And then we head out to uh, the local restaurant there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we walk in. Well, bef- well, before I forget, I remember when I was because you had took the lead a little bit, so I was kind of in the middle, still going up to the coming up from the lake. And there mm-hmm. was this lady and her her boyfriend or whatever, and, and she was she, she had like those big glasses. It looked like you know. You remember the lady with the big glasses, and what, like she was just fly she, Yeah, she was fly. just she was just pissed off at life. Like she's like, I was supposed to get a a horse, not a donkey, and you she's know, a debutante. It's just, I mean, I, I can hear her down I, down First below. Class. I can just hear, her, yeah, and I can just hear. Her, and she looked at me with these big, those big like nineteen eighties glasses, you know, like the pissed off person. Like, and I felt bad for the guy because he had nothing to do with it, and. um so she gets back up there. Well, remember she, and then she was in the restaurant we were in, and she was just bitching up a storm in the restaurant. I'm like, 
why are you even on vacation if you're just going to be a bitch fest? See, I mean, I must have, I must have been, I don't know where I was. I think I was in my own head because sometimes I just go inside my own mind and talk to myself. Yeah. But oh, you do, I, you do have your moments where you just you're on another, you just sort of. I, you know? Yeah, I'm on another so. planet. It just goes out. I go out, and then I come back, and then I go out. It's my little place, you know. I'm my own best friend. But I just hear the uh, the guys that were supposed to be having the horse and the donkey, they were just, you can see there's in Spanish, you know, yelling, something happened. Anyway, it's the fact that, the, the fact is, if you're going to be on vacation, things are going to happen. Things aren't going to go always to plan. But you make it work. Um, sometimes it doesn't work. But, you know, you try to make... You, you don't get mad about things, small potatoes, you know. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, With all new experiences, something happens. It's just uh, good things happen and bad things happen. Hopefully they're not too bad. Mm -hmm. Like you break a freaking leg or you break an ankle or you break your arm or fingers or lose appendages yeah. or something. That's something really bad. So I, I guess I was just oblivious or clueless to what was going on because I didn't hear a peep out of mm -hmm. anyone. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. Maybe it's because I was listening to music too. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> probably true. With my, with my headphones, my... Um... But we walked in to the restaurant and mm -hmm. so don't hold him, you know, be old. You know, we seen uh, Daniel Milks again. Yeah. Which was weird because we were, what, two hours away from Cotopaxi mm -hmm. to here. So, yeah. And that was just kind of odd that he was by himself, you know, because he, he, he was traveling, I think, three weeks he was already in. He was he went to Honduras, I think, and he or not Honduras, but he had made his way there. Mm -hmm. But we just thought, well, that's kind of weird, you know, so we said, hey, do you want to eat lunch with us? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. he sat so, down and had lunch, and lunch was pretty amazing. Um, and I remember just the natural juices and stuff. Yeah, we had the uh, pomegranate. Fruit juice. It was like, I mean, fresh as can be. I mean, you're not getting anything fresher. Yeah, just great place. So we talked to him for a little bit, and uh, he was, uh, out of all the people to see, he was from St. Petersburg, you know, right from us, from Tampa, you know. So that's kind of that was kind of weird, you know. Out of all the people that we actually talked to, he was from Florida too. Yeah, that know. was amazing. Was it St. Peter? Yeah, was he was it from St. No, he's from, yeah. I, well, I think. Yeah, he was based in St. Pete area, but oh, I see. I thought it was Sarasota. Sarasota, St. Pete, I think. It yeah. is, but Saint, but you know, the, the gist of that we see someone, you know, fifty miles from our home area, you know, is kind yeah, of funny. yeah, that was pretty amazing too. Um, just being able to see him again, and then our our last day, so we, you know, we had an amazing lunch. It was an amazing day, and then. Um, we're back traveling and uh yeah, so we had a, so we pretty much at this point we were heading back to the airport yeah so we had a was it a, i think two and a half was it two hours to get back probably about two two hours or so mm -hmm. as we got back to the airport a little bit early because our flight wasn't until yeah, it was later like one one yeah. one a.m and we got mm -hmm. there like at 10 i think so we get to the airport, and I have to ask you this, because we talk about this, and we talk about international travel and budget travel and things like that, and uh, my question to you is, is that, do you buy anything? Souvenirs, t-shirts, different things like that? Do you buy uh, paintings, okay, so, other stuff? Did you? Oh, did anything? I? Eh, I don't think I bought anything. I don't think I did. I don't, I don't usually like to buy a lot of stuff. The only thing I like to buy is 
take pictures, and you know I take a lot of pictures and video. That's my that's my souvenir, so I can remember, so I don't forget in twenty years. How know. many pictures did you take there? Seven there? day period in Ecuador swamp. Tell me, guesstimate I how want, many pictures? I want to say it was at least six hundred. 600 pictures, folks, <laughs> at least in a seven-day that, that, period. That's mild. I've been places where I've taken, what, a couple thousand? <laughs> couple of thousand. That's, that's not video included. So God help you if you But it's like a journal, that. though. It's a journal for me, though, you know, because, you know, at first you were like, you kind of were like, made fun of me a little bit. It's like, why has it been in your like, oh, I get it now, you know, because I don't, I don't want to forget, you know. Well, hell no. Little, no one wants so I do to like, I do like a daily log. It's like a journal for me, I guess. You want to call it a journal. It is a journal. It's a picturesque journal. So. That's, that's so what that's, you have. I would say that would be the only thing. But trinkets, things like that, I didn't really buy anything. I think you bought a couple. Yeah, I, I bought a, a couple of things in here. And this is what I like to buy. Some people may think it's stupid, but I like it. Uh, because it just it, it it it's a part of me and it's easy. So I was at the airport and I bought a bunch of magnets, mm -hmm. yeah, fridge magnets, things like that. So I got like seven or eight different magnets. But I just Sometimes like you'll do that. like um, you'll do um, the little cards, little cards, you know, like send them postcards, to other people, postcards magnets, up. different things like that, or T-shirt or something I can use. But you just have to remember it. The stuff, if, when you buy things, it just ad, adds up. It has to be really special for me. Um, but some people, you know, they want to bring a lot of stuff back. On the, but on the same note, I don't want to bring stuff back because you have to bring anything you bring back. Mm -hmm. you got to have space for it. That's right. And our, and our bags packs are already filled to the brim sometimes when you have, you know, not a lot of space already. So Definitely, yeah. But. So um, we get on the plane. Whew. Flying back mm -hmm. straight from Quito yep. to Tampa. That's just an amazing thing. No, I think, no, I think we went to, uh, didn't we go to Houston first? That was our first stop. Was it Houston? I think it was Houston. Then we had to go, then we went to Tampa, I think. Oh. So I'm pretty sure. It could have been. Where was my mind? But I, I think it I was don't just, remember. I think At that point, I, you, know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole uh, travel thing. Yeah. You get foggy. You know, you lose, you lose a percent sometimes. So much so. Sometimes, and that happens there, too. So, budget travel here, too. So, I'm going to break some of this down, all right? And um, some of it is a little bit pricey, but then some of it isn't. You know, when you're talking about um, just this travel and uh, taking a week off, seven days mm -hmm. during uh, COVID, uh, during Thanksgiving, Mm-hmm which I already have a couple of days that our office is closed for me. Mm -hmm. So this fits right in there. So uh, we're talking about airfare here. Airfare from Tampa to, uh, uh, to Quito, around $500 each. Lodging was $250 for the whole week. So you break that down, that's $125 a piece. Mm -hmm. We were there so many days. I think we had an extra day that we... It was like fifty bucks or something. Something, it, something, like something that. messed up, but it was yeah. it was nothing. It was you know this little thing that happened, but definitely yeah. So the volcanoes, um, Isolinas and Cotopaxi each for us uh, was three hundred uh, for each volcano with the guides there, so that's six hundred apiece. The uh, the horseback riding was eighty, I think. Horseback riding in there was around eighty, definitely. Uh, the transport. 
uh, from when we got there from the airport to our lodge and then also Culatopa and putting that in there, the transport and everything was just over 200 bucks, mm -hmm. a little bit over. Okay. Uh, and then food and dinner, honestly, that that 100 to 150 and everything, I'm going to guesstimate everything at about, um, 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 fifteen hundred piece, mm -hmm. maybe less. And that, and that could be anything, like some of the food that we ate. We ate a little bit more, you know, better better quality. We, had, of course, you know, we like our beer. Mm -hmm. You know, we we like our beer. You know, so you know, if you want to have a couple beers here and there, it's going to add up. But other yeah. than that, I mean, mm -hmm. so it, it all depends on how you want to budget yourself even more. You, some mm -hmm. could be a little bit more even tighter. If you want to be a little bit more, but mm -hmm. but you're saying about fifteen hundred. Definitely, the top three best experiences for you during this trip. We'll start with number three. All right, number three. Okay, um, I want to say it was probably the horseback riding. Going up to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Horseback riding was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. That's the best horseback riding experience I've I've ever had. Yeah. Honestly. Um. Number two would probably be um, Elanicia, just because um, the the adventure of it. I think you know the, yes. the, all the elements, all the you know things that happened. Yes. And then uh, number one is definitely Cotopaxi. I mean, to get to the top. And I that's mean, amazing too. Just to do that, you know, that's still going to be like, I think my you know. That's hands-on, like, number one for me, I think. Definitely, yes. I'll tell you what, number three for me was the horseback riding. I love the horseback riding, and that was an amazing experience. Um, and, and it was an adventure, too. But I'll tell you what, uh, Cotopaxi was my number two. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot more knowledge about where we were going and what was what what was coming about there wasn't a lot of the unknown but my number one was the Elenicius um sir that's south that's that volcano and that trek there because i did not know what to expect and i like adventure when you don't know what to expect mm -hmm. it keeps me froggy yeah and i'll tell you what you i was did, hovering you, in between but, but nervousness and in in and nervousness and excitement. <laughs> but you did pretty good, though. You did really well, you know, going up there. It, it was a little bit more hard for me, I think. But I was sucking, too. Yeah. Because it was hours. Man. Yeah. I, I tell you what, it was just an amazing, an amazing experience. Would I do it again? I don't know if I really would do that again. I think I would do it, but we had to be, I think the thing is, you learn as you go, so you yeah. want to do like the, what's the dioxide or whatever you call it, the pills? Uh, yeah, when you're talking about altitude sickness, if you're looking at uh, taking diamox, yeah. so that'll be our next time. So you need to do that. Diamox. Definitely, yeah. you want to acclimate for 24 hours. Oh, yes. You don't, you know. Definitely. So. Yeah. One thing we don't know anything about is Quito, because we never went to Quito. The airport is outside of Quito, and we got in and we took our our happy rear ends out to um out to chicaragua lodge mm -hmm. which honestly was the best damn experience we could have in 
COVID times. This mm -hmm. is COVID. Yeah. You don't want to be in a new city with thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people in a large, major city during COVID. You don't want to be around anyone there. I didn't even want to go into the city. Yeah. Our guides had to meet us at uh, the Chicaragua Lodge. So yeah, that was that was something, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. But uh, an amazing experience. Um, and I'll tell you what will catch you guys on the flip side. This is some uh, traveling duo dudes. And this is a swampy bethune. And um, this was a good first time, I think. And uh, hope everyone comes back and listens to our podcast. T double D, baby. T double D.